What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. King is back, baby. Acknowledge me. Episode 308 of Top Rope Nation. Alongside Justin Joint, I am your host for this evening, Jesse Velasquez. Per usual, technical difficulties when I start a show. Justin, isn't it great? I, I think it's me, man. I'm the bad luck charm. It's not you. It's me. <laughs> uh, that is so nice of you to say. Oh, my goodness. Well, we are streaming tonight on YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. Facebook, we will be back up next week. Our fearless leader, Ryan Drosty, is taking the night off. Actually, he is not. I believe he is mixing. SummerSlam 1998, which we recorded on Tuesday night. We had a blast doing that as well. Justin, you think that whole thing went extremely well? I did. I liked it, it un- until the end when it got really stressful because Ryan had to, he had a hard out. And so I was getting worried that his wife wasn't going to get to her Girl Scout meeting on time. I was starting to sweat. <laughs> I was uh, like, wrap, wrap it up, boys. Come on. He's got to go. Behold, he made it. That is for (laughs) sure. So if you are with us live, you can, again, find us in the places that I mentioned. Feel free to drop in the chat. Say hello. There's going to be some discourse this evening. We will be covering AEW All Pout 2023. Aptly named by our co-host Justin Joint. As we dive into that, Dynamite took place last night. And what was supposed to be something that we kind of called out as the most important dynamite in the history of AEW. And it came across like a wet fart, hmm. in my humble opinion. How about yeah. yourself? Yeah, I mean, coming in like you, I was kind of thinking, you know, one of the most important dynamites in AEW history because of the short build time to all out and because of what was on the card so far was not all that enticing. And then because of some of the stuff that happened backstage at all in the possibility of CM Punk and, you know, Jack Perry to a lesser extent, not being on the card. So I was actually really, really excited to watch dynamite last night because I figured, you know, thinking how Vince McMahon books in these kind of situations when, when you might not be able to provide the fans with what they thought they were going to get, you'd try to go above and beyond what you were going to give them. And I thought that could be the case here. It's like, Tony's going to shake things up. He's going to give us an awesome show and we're going to see, you know, hopefully 
pretty uh, worthwhile card for All Out. Now, I wasn't going to be able to watch the show right away. I, I probably wasn't going to be able to get to it, in fact, until afterwards. And then text messages started rolling in, and I started looking at Twitter. And I, you know, I honestly, some of the text messages I was getting from you and Ryan, I thought you were fucking with me for a while. It's like, there's no way they're they're doing that for all out. And that didn't turn out to be the case. You guys were telling me the truth and I got in a really bad fucking mood. Uh, I was super bummed and I just decided not to watch dynamite because of it. Cause I, I just, it didn't sound worth the two hours of my time. Well, usually when I tweet a lot, it's either because something magical is happening or what you just described, where something is just going completely awry. And before I tap into that story, I it would be behoove me to mention that our wonderful patron group at Top Rope Nation here, thank you so much for your support. And once again, SE Scoops as well, thank you very much, where Ryan is a head editor there. I am on the staff. And of course, our lovely Facebook group where the discourse over the last 24 hours has been quite entertaining. If you have missed that, it would behoove you once again to go join our Facebook group. Yes, Justin, it was not a nightmare. I will definitely, or excuse me, it was not a dream. It was a nightmare. <laughs> last night's dynamite, I came, I saw, and I do not want to come again. <laughs> A little uh, preview slash call out to our, our SummerSlam 98 classics, everybody. So keep your eye out for that for the Patreons. Yes, that should be dropping, I'm guessing, within the next 24 hours. Something before the weekend because, of course, the two of us, Ryan, Tim Jensen, and Aaron Graham, a couple of patrons, will be headed to Chicago. We will be there one day earlier than you. We'll be there Saturday night for Collision. And then we will all be together for All Out 2023. I think that's where the emotions came from, Justin, was the fact that we're going to be in, in attendance for this on Sunday. Yeah, and I, I'm glad we didn't do something stupid like record last night because I'm, I'm in a better place now. You know, it's like sometimes your emotions can get the best of you and you just got to kind of sit back and look at the bigger picture. And especially with like, you know, the passing of Bray Wyatt last week, it's like, what am I getting upset about? Who gives a shit? I get to go to Chicago and hang out with my friends and watch wrestling. So that's, I mean, believe me, we're still going to get into this card and, and our pet peeves about it. Uh, but I am still excited uh, to go. Absolutely. And there, there is some hope for this card to improve mm -hmm. just yes. a little bit yet. And here is the thing. And this is not necessarily negative, all negative. That is, in the course of the last four years of AEW pay-per-views, they have set such a high bar that when you see something like this on paper, you just, you bat both of your eyes. You kind of like rub them, rub your temples and go, am I seeing this correctly? Did I hear exactly what came out of people's mouths? I, I just wanted real quick. Uh, to anybody listening before Rampage, we are probably going to spoil what happens on that show. Just wanted to give them a warning in case they didn't want to know what happens on Rampage. Sorry to interrupt, Jesse. 
No, not at all. Not a problem at all. I What I will do when we get to that portion is I will have a nice little dramatic 10-second pause and say, give us about two minutes and okay. then go to your regularly scheduled portion of the podcast. And again, with the high bar that they've set, the expectations are so high. So you're thinking, here comes an all-time dynamite after an all-time pay-per-view, mm-hmm. one that landed arguably in the top, in my top three in the history of the promotion. We should ask you that since you were not on the show with us, Justin. Where where did the grade lie for you and the entertainment value, the whole nine yards? Yeah, I mean, I probably would have given it I think what you guys did, and that'd be an A minus. To me, it was all about the production of it. It looked amazing. Uh, The entranceway, the the special music, the lighting, the fireworks, everything about it just looked, you know, chef chef's kiss, uh, exquisite. And it's interesting because I myself and I saw some other people throwing out there like, you know, this looks like a WrestleMania. But I was talking to our good friend, Liam O'Rourke, who was there. And I'd brought that up, you know, messaging him that, you know, about the production stuff and how, you know, it, it looked like a WrestleMania quality show. And, you know, not even talking about the card. And he responds like, well, I've been to two WrestleManias. And what stood out is that it, it was more unique than that, that, that it, it, it was separate from a WrestleMania. It was its own thing. Uh, so I think that's about as, you know, the best thing that you can say about it for the card. Um, the interesting thing that I think you guys brought up was to me, there wasn't a huge standout as far as match in the night goes. I rewatched punk and Joe loved that. Nice. FTR and the bucks was excellent. Although I need to rewatch that one again because I think the first half lagged a little bit. And I was not as big on the main event as other people. Uh, I thought it was a little heavy-handed and melodramatic. And that's not to say I disliked it. Um, And it obviously worked. The crowd was into it. And that's all that really matters. But, you know, there's just small things that took me out of it. Like Adam Cole trying to win by both countdown and disqualification I thought was super weird. Uh, not as bothered by the uh, cradle finish, especially considering the last time there was a big show at Wembley, a big wrestling show that is at Wembley. It ended with a roll up. So that's fine to me. But all in all, it, it was a, a really delightful uh, Sunday afternoon of professional wrestling for me. Not only that, you're used to this watching English events at that time of the day <laughs> with Tottenham. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm telling you, these wrestling shows, they need to travel more to the UK. We we definitely appreciate these earlier start times, especially on a Sunday. Yeah. Although they're not going to be able to get away with this during NFL season, of course. So that's why they're going to stage this here. Uh, one more question I will ask you before we really start to dive into Dynamite. I, I truly believe now that it's time to move All Out's date, maybe mm-hmm. to the end of September next year. Would you be fully on board with that i mean yeah but tony said he likes uh and i think ryan mentioned this on your on your post show was he wants all in to be the banker's holiday and all out to be on labor day weekend which i mean let's get into it now man because if 
it's going to be like this going forward, it's going to be a real issue. Now, there are some extenuating, some pretty freaking major extenuating circumstances uh, that are hampering all out this go around. But um, yeah, it could be a problem going forward. I think one thing I noticed, and I did see this today, Tony Khan had his all out pre-sure's media call today at one, I believe. And he mentioned that Kenny Omega was in Florida, could not fly mm-hmm. due to the hurricane. I think S- the same with Soraya. Yes. And, and I swerve. Swerve, I believe, is sick. Oh, okay, okay. Because there, oh, there were some illness things. I guessed you're probably right on the Soraya being stuck in Florida. I would have assumed that she was going to be at Bray Wyatt's. Oh, yeah, Bray Wyatt's right. service. Yep. And that's the other thing. And and props to Tony Khan for not mentioning that in his reasons for some of the people being gone. Yes. So that that's a very difficult question to answer in the scrum. But it was honestly the one that I was intrigued about the most is to just what you could do in that in the patchwork frame and the short amount of time who who wasn't there what what were you working with on dynamite yeah who might be suspended who might not be suspended and that was the big eye opener i suppose we could start there so it, go ahead um well let me do my little rant here real quick yes because you know everybody's including me on our facebook group kind of bashing this card and bashing the build. And to me, the problem is not the build. We've known for a long time that we were looking at a week in between shows. So you kind of had to expect that the build was going to be subpar. But the thing with AEW and Tony Khan's booking, his shotgun booking is that the card normally delivers because of the matches. And in this case, the matches are less than inspirational. And it doesn't look like he called an audible in any circumstances. So we've put a, you know, we, I, I, at least me, I've put a lot of uh, good faith into Tony's shotgun booking. You know, it's like he'll have two to three months in between pay-per-views to build these cards, but he basically waits until the last two or three weeks. And and then we get the card. And even if the build is subpar, the show normally delivers. But now we're staring at the, the down the barrel of a, a show that might not deliver. And how could that affect people going forward? Not just, you know, because I've seen a lot of people being like, oh, I'm not paying $50 for this pay-per-view. And I agree with them. I, I, I think if I was going to be sitting at home, I don't know if I'd be buying this show. But the other big part of it is like, what about the people that have already bought tickets, paid for lodging, and are going to be traveling, spending all this money to go? I mean, us. I mean, I'm not going to back out and not go to this, but like, am I going to trust that? He can keep the ship steady next year if even one little thing goes wrong. If this all-out card falls apart, you know, I'm, I might not be willing to to pay for a ticket so far in advance, you know, before we know anything about what's going to be on the card. So 
that's kind of my big issue with it right now. There, and that's not to say that this card is garbage because there is good stuff. I think the problem is, is we don't have a big main event. We've got some good undercard stuff, you know, looking at uh, Moxley and Orange Cassidy, which I do think is going to end up main eventing, even if Punk shows up on the show. Um, you know, a lot of people are excited for Omega Takeshita. Me, not quite as much. I feel like this feud has lost a lot of steam since it started. Um, and then, you know, maybe that that tag team with Kingston and Shibata versus Claudio and Wheeler Yuta. I think those are some matches that you can get into, but I'm not going to step on your toes too much. You had a wonderful post on Facebook, our Facebook group, about the issues with this card, and I, I'm going to let you take it from there. I'll tap into that right now because I think that is a great place to start. So, and I'm going to go word for word, folks, up until the very end. There it is. Good old comment number 47. (laughs) Yeah, it's just a, it's a very, gosh, everything's thrown together. All right. So here's the deal, folks. The AEW world title has been defended on every pay-per-view. The women's title, except for the first all-out, because it did not have. The women's title came afterwards. It was the very first Dynamite. It's been defended on every pay-per-view since. You don't have a either world title on this card. And we're looking at all-out. And it's, it's, it's the arguably it's either number one or number two staple pay-per-view of your promotion. 2019, you crowned your first ever world champion here. In 2020, in the midst of the pandemic, you had a young MJF challenging John Moxley for the AW world title as your main event. He was undefeated going into this. Mm-hmm. That was important. 20, 2021 All Out is considered to be the greatest AEW pay-per-view of all time. Some people will even put it at the very, very top of all pro wrestling. The in-ring, all of it. 2022 last year was a little bit of a mess. Yet, it had a significant main event with the World Championship. And then at the very end, you had the return of your now franchise guy, who now currently sits at the top of the throne. Now, you cannot present your audience that has high standards for such a major major pay-per-view this card that they're giving you. Kenny does have a singles match, yes. John Moxley and Orange Cassidy, like you mentioned, they're going to deliver. It it could be match of the night. We shall see. But you look at it. This is a glorified pay-per-view. Or excuse me, a glorified television special at best. Mm-hmm. You're trying to get people to spend 50 bucks a week after a prior pay-per-view that just knocked it out of the park. And this is in your unofficial home for AEW, Chicago, Illinois. I get that people are sick. So there were some obligations. Life happens. There's still a glimmer of hope, like we mentioned with CM Punk. We'll get to that in a moment. Yet to not have MJF, FTR, and potentially Soraya have title matches on your staple pay-per-view is absolutely unacceptable. That's my rant. And that's exactly the thing. That that's what is was so upsetting when you guys started telling me what the announced matches were. It was like you have to call an audible in this situation that I'm, you know, I guaranteed the plan must've been 
for MJF and Cole to tag on this show, which, you know, would have been fine if everything went to, to plan, but it didn't. You got to call, call an audible. You got to have MJF defend that world title. You got to have a fucking eight man tag match that had, I mean, where are the consequences on the majority of these matches? They don't have any major consequences to, to storylines or championships looking back or going forward. That's the maddening thing about this is that Tony and, and not all this is his fault. As we've already said, there's been a lot of uh, outside things going on that have forced him to make changes, but he didn't do enough with the changes. Not at all. No. Yeah. Again, you're you're devoid of world championships being defended. You have the secondary titles, all of them on here. You have a Ring of Honor tag team title match. Yep. And a Ring of Honor TV title match. No, wait, no ring. Wait. Yes, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yes. Ring of Honor Ring of Honor TV title match. Yes. Yep. Ring of Honor TV title match. Five championships being defended, but none of them are your world championships. That is a tremendous problem. Even when you knew stuff like this, like it's like, okay, I have to call an audible. I have to rearrange and restack my deck. Instead, you have an announcement for a tournament to determine the guy who's going to wrestle MJF at Grand Slam in yeah. three weeks. Arthur Ashe Stadium. Which, which is a big show for them, but you're alienating your Chicago audience. And it's not just about the pay-per-view buys. That's what we need to keep drilling down here is the people that are showing up, spending big bucks to attend this show. That's who Tony is alienating right now. His fan base. We do expect great pro wrestling. We are going to get great pro wrestling on this night. There's there's zero doubts in my mind that everybody in in that that are going to be featured in these matches are going to deliver. I have mm -hmm. no doubts about that. Again, the problem is the story, okay? The shotgun booking, okay? That's something that we as fans have come to accept. This is something that started maybe in 21, would you say? Yeah. Because they were doing a really good job of building stories in 19 and 20. I think as soon as Punk came in, it was just in Punk, Danielson, Cole, those likes. It's like, all right, now I got to start. Now it's just like, well, I'll, I'll start throwing things together and not announcing things until two weeks, maybe even a week down the road for the mm -hmm. pay-per-view. And we've come conditioned to accept that. That's okay. Yeah. And, it, it, and it's worked for the most part. It's just this is the first time he's ever had to put back-to-back pay-per-view shows together. And that herein lies the problem. If you're doing what you just did right now for two nights of Fighter Fest, hey, this is great. We're yeah. going to love this. We're not yeah. paying money for this. We get exactly. it on free TV. So that's going to be, yeah. You know, and, that, and that's the thing looking at this card is while watching All In and why it I can't imagine anybody giving it anything less than like a B plus is because you're watching that show and it's like, oh shit, we're starting with Joe Punk. Okay. Oh, wow. Next match is six man. Okay. Then it was like, oh, the holy shit, FTR bucks. And, and it just, 
kept hitting like that one after another. And it didn't really slow down until maybe, you know, the women's match and then the, the trios title match. But, you know, we criticized going into that show, the build and almost not really thinking about this actually is a stacked card. It is a really good card. And looking at all out, I just don't get that feeling at all. I cannot, I can't imagine sitting there for the like the first three or four mad matches being like, all right, oh, oh shit, it is it's Samoa Joe and Shane Taylor time. No offense to Shane Taylor, by the way. I am I'm not a big ROH guy. Um, I, I, I don't pay for the subscription to watch it. I didn't really watch it a lot before. I have no relationship with him. I don't really know who he is. So how am I supposed to get, get excited for that when, you know, from what I saw from Dynamite, or I, excuse me, I didn't see it reading about it. They didn't really tell me who he was for the most part. You know, they didn't explain the majority of these matches that we're getting storyline wise. Shane Taylor has been on AEW TV once. It was on a rampage to for him to team with one of his stablemates in STP against Keith Lee, who was his former tag team partner, Ring of Honor, and a partner of his choosing. And this was to further the Keith Lee Swerve story at that time. Mm-hmm. Which now that Swerve is out, he he has been confirmed out for this weekend. Because that was something I was hoping he was going to be added. I was wondering where in the world he was. And hey, what I mean, a Swerve Keith Lee match in here would have been very acceptable. Yeah. There's there's story to it. You can also even throw a callback in that, guess what? They were the tag team champions at All Out last year and had the match of the night with the yep. acclaimed. So, well, and here's another big problem as well. There wasn't an explanation from MJF. I mean, he was like a quick little brief, I think, backstage segment with him in London after he won the match. Yes, that's at least that's what they made it look like. That's a problem and a half right there, too. So instead of, yeah, so instead of getting a world title match, we're going to have, and let's open up with that. We might as well. So folks, Hmm. I'm going to pause for about five seconds, and then I'm going to tell you what the Ring of Honor World Tag Team Championship is going to be in five. MJF and Adam Cole will be defending the Ring of Honor Tag Team Championships on an AEW pay-per-view. Pause, pause. This is when I almost chucked my phone across the room. (laughs) Well, I don't think I blame you. Against John Silver and Alex Reynolds of the Dark Order. They won a battle royal on Rampage. And I like them. I like them. But for them to be on All Out against MJF and Cole, it just... What it tells me is this is that this was Tony's plan. They have something in mind and he did not want to deviate from that plan. It feels to me like it'd be too soon to pull the trigger on, you know, whoever turns on whoever with Cole and MJF, but it's got to be the beginning of that here. Does that possibly mean the dark order win the ROH tag team championships? Maybe, I don't know. It just tells me that they have something, what they believe to be good in mind, that they didn't want to change this match after everything that has 
gone on. My largest problem with this is that we have not seen John Silver and Alex Reynolds really at all on AEW television. That's my problem. They, they were in this same spot last year. The Dark Order was in a six-man, the, the trio's final against the Elite. We had Hangman Page, Reynolds, and Silver against Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks. There was a story to it, though. Mm-hmm. And I, that's it, the difference. Yeah, I mean, if you had looked at, at if you look at who was in this Rampage Battle Royal, I mean, none of them make sense to win. And that's the problem. I That's 100% the truth. Exactly. I mean, well, I guess in fairness, all of them, but this is the problem again, they're on Ring of Honor television most of the time. Yeah. Behind a paywall on Honor yeah. Club. To which I'm assuming maybe 15 to 20% of your audience is what is paying and watching Honor Club each week. Yeah, this shouldn't be featured on an, in an AW in an AW pay-per-view at all. So it's so weird. I mean, you got like <sighs> If you want to have this tag team match, you got to call a bigger audible. And I'm sorry, everybody, for using that word over and over again. But to me, that that's just the entire theme of this week. You got to call a you know a bigger audible for who they're going to face as a tag team. That's all there is to it. If you wanted something story driven, you could have had Matt Taven and Mike Bennett win this win this Rampage Rumble. The kingdom. I, now I heard that that was actually pretty good or at least decent in ring segment. Yes. Promo wise with the kingdom. I haven't watched that yet. I'll just tell you now the one thing that I watched, cause I was so pissed off last night and I finally just sat, I watched winning time on max. Great show. Uh, and after that was over, it's like, I, I need to feel better about professional wrestling. And there's only two things on this show that I heard were good. Uh, and I think they were both from you, uh, Matt Taven. Is that right? Matt Taven. Yep. Matt Taven. Apologies. Uh, in Orange Cassidy. So I, I fast forwarded to the very end and watched Orange Cassidy, which we can get to later. Yeah. Yeah. Matt Taven got a really good promo. Really good promo. Just describing the story. Okay. Yeah. And as, as to why that, like, why Adam Cole shouldn't be turning his back on his former stablemates in Ring of Honor. And, and he basically said, like, you're all my friends, but MJF is my best friend, was the story, right? Yes. That seems like a good opportunity to have, like, if you wanted to keep the tag team match, why not have it be the best friends? You know, they're, they're, they're a tag team that have been on television all the time, just one, a brutal, stadium stampede match at all in so why not have them be the tag team challengers especially since and i just i said this on the pre-show as well is that they have been losing quite a bit and i didn't understand Mm. their 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 inclusion in the stadium stampede it's like why are they in this match because they just over the last month they've been feuding with the back the black pool combat club you give them the win at all in and you don't and you make an excellent point. They don't go out and win this Rampage Rumble or this Rampage yeah. Tag Battle Royal, and they're not going to be on the card? An odd choice. Cool them off after you just gave them <laughs> a pretty significant win. Yeah. Oh, and while we're here, I mean, Orange Cassidy wins that match at All In, and then he 
has to have a match to go to all out to face John Moxley. How the fuck does that make any sense? Yep, that came from a press con or the the scrum afterwards where Penta and Alex Abrahentes came up to Orange Cassidy demanding a championship shot and Orange doesn't turn anyone down. Well, <laughs> that's that's okay. Touche. Orange is a fighting champion, which again, we will get into that match here a little bit later. I'm assuming you're going to pick MJF and Cole much like myself. Yeah, although, you know, like I said, I feel like they're sticking to their plan, which makes me feel like they have something in mind that they want to do some sort of swerve, you know, do you, do you switch the ring of honor tag team championships again in such a short amount of time going from, you know, uh, the Lucha bros to Aussie open to MJF and Cole to dark order in half a year i that doesn't seem like a good idea to me but yeah i mean i guess he just i assume he thinks he's given the crowd what they want which is mjf and cole so we'll roll with that for now well of course they're going to be on the car but just yeah together I guess I'll, I'll ask the question as well would you have rather have seen the third installment of mjf and cole in this in this scenario no, honestly, I, I would prefer this tag team match over that. It's too soon to go back to, especially if they're sticking together. I, I would prefer to see that down the road. So what I will do then is I'm going to tie kind of the who would you had MJF face in the main event. I'm going to tie that at the very end when we talk about our very last potential match on this card. Let's go to the two that have been established, Miro and Powerhouse Hobbs. This is going to be a very fun I think it's going to be a fun, big, meaty men slap and meat type of affair. Yeah. Again, I, I agree with you. These are both two guys I love, especially Hobbs. But they're also two guys that really haven't been featured on TV all that much. Like, I, I don't feel like whatever this story is has been serviced very well. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I hope it delivers. I mean, neither one of these guys really have a history of uh, delivering, you know, banger matches, you know, in pay-per-views or in big moments. But I think the intrigue here is who's going to win because it kind of feels like who's going to be the hoss of collision going forward. Both of these guys need a win. Yes. The biggest question as well, I think, in this match is Miro has been at times very disappointed in his creative to the mm -hmm. point where that's why he's been off of TV all of this time. And then you have a guy who's a little bit younger, like a powerhouse Hobbs, who we on this show have been clamoring to get elevated up the card. And it seems like he's away from, thankfully, the QTV crew. So yeah. we can maybe get a standard one-on-one -on -one match here. Who who do they go with in this scenario? I mean, I have to think Hobbs, unless he's just totally lost favor with Tony. You know, I, I it's such a lame answer, but I can't help but feel like this is tied into how much time does Miro have left on his contract? You know, with with, with how upset and you know as you mentioned with his if he's not booked the way he likes he takes time off you know so maybe he's lost favor with tony and it's time for him to lose a big pay-per-view match 
Yeah, and you made a valid point there, too. I think we're coming up on the end of year three in the Miro experience. It was towards the tail end of 2020, if I recall, that he appeared on Dynamite in the Kip Sabian story to start out. Boy, one, and that's what sucks, is once he got past that whole Kip Sabian video game shit they were doing, Miro was so good there for a while, especially as TNT champion. Oh, man. Even after he lost it, uh, yeah. he became the redeemer and wanted to yes. fight God. And look at <laughs> seriously, you, you yeah. had this is maybe the second. This is the second promoter that has dropped the ball on Miro. Not nearly as big as the first one mm-hmm. with Rusev Day and where they could have taken that. But the redeemer had main event or the ascension to the main event written all over it. And yeah. now we're just looking at a guy who we don't know if he's a malcontent or if he's willing to play nice. I'm going to take powerhouse Hobbs here too. And the interesting thing is, is we don't really know what role he played in the backstage antics at all in because supposedly him and punk got into it. And then it came out that, no, they were just joking. So who knows? Except for those cameras, apparently that are inside Wembley. <laughs> and they even apparently Punk and Miro rode together to oh, I didn't to the hotel one. and okay. I believe to the venue that has also been reported mm-hmm. in the ongoing days. And I'm starting to wonder now who we can really trust. This is the first time in a long time where the four news sources that you rely on from a pro wrestling perspective, they couldn't agree on this whole story. Hmm. <laughs> With what happened back there, different conflicting reports, different people feeding them information. Yep. And again, we're going to get to that. But let's get to the other one. TNT Championship match, Luchasaurus, or is it Christian Cage as the TNT champion? (laughs) Going against Darby Allin, coming off his victory in the coffin match, of course, with Sting against Swerve and Christian Cage. This feels like a no-brainer. Darby Allen trying to br- bring prestige back to the TNT championship. My hesitation is that I, it, outside of anything MJF does, my favorite thing in AEW right now is Christian Cage. And I don't really want to, I don't want him to quote unquote lose his TNT championship because that, ah, oh, I just, it, it cracks me up every time I see him coming out wearing the title. Uh, obviously, he's not wrestling because he's not the the champion. You know, it's it's another scenario. I, I expect this to be a decent match, but I don't know, man. What I what do you think? Big man, little man dynamic. You have Christian uh-huh. Cage on the outside. Are we? And I know you're hoping for this. Are we going to see Sting? Oh, okay. This is going to be my fourth. AEW pay-per-view. I have been to, you know, a dozen pro wrestling shows in the past. I have never seen Sting. Not once. And obviously I'm not going to get to see him wrestle this time, but for the love of God, can he please at least show up? No, you're 100% right. I've seen him maybe seven times and I've seen him in the ring twice. I've never seen him. Uh, well, I I think he's going to show up in some capacity. He has to, especially in this scenario. 
Darby's going to need some help on this night. Yeah. I think when it comes to, this is a great point, do you continue to roll with this Christian Cage gimmick as fantastic as it's been? Or do we see yet another workhorse championship being thrown into the fold? Because Orange Cassidy has basically made that international championship the, the workhorse title in this promotion. Well, I think the one thing that AEW kind of desperately needs right now is strong baby faces. I think they're lacking there a little bit. Uh, MJF is kind of a tweener. You have Orange Cassidy. You know, maybe you could have said Punk, but even then, who knows? He's even more of a tweener now. So really, as far as big-time baby faces, top-of-the-card baby faces go, it's really it's Orange Cassidy and Darby right now. So I, I, it'd be weird for Darby to lose this one. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I I think Darby Allen's gonna emerge the TNT champion, so that'll be potentially the one and only championship title change. Stay tuned to what we have to say about what again could arguably be the match of the evening. I am gonna bounce back just a little bit though, and the match that had was announced. Very, very late last night. You already alluded to it earlier. Claudio Castagnoli and Wheeler Yuta going against Eddie Kingston and my first time and probably yours seeing Kachiori Shibata. Yes, I think so. Um, This is another one where I should have been more excited when it was announced. But immediately I was like, I'm looking at this all out card and it's a bunch of ROH title matches. So not why not give us the one that we really want, which is Claudio versus Eddie? Well, they're not. They're giving this random tag team match, which, you know, I'm sure will build to an eventual Eddie and Claudio at I assume to be final battle. It should be good. It's going to be a fun match. Uh, seeing Shibata is going to be a blast. Mm-hmm. I just don't. I don't think the winner really matters all that much. Shibata and Yuta have history. Shibata took the, ch- the yes. pure championship yep. away from Yuta, so we do have two belts on one side of the in each tag team that are represented here. But again, this is something that other than you'll probably see Eddie and Claudio continue on AEW television as well as Ring of Honor television. But this is something that we're going to see again in December mm-hmm. when the stakes are a lot higher. So I'm very thankful that they put Eddie Kingston on this card. I was very nervous that yes. they weren't going Agree. to. Agree. And I am going to be internally angry if he's not in this world title eliminator tournament as well. I get a feeling he's not going to be. No, I don't think so. Unfortunately. So. In this case, go ahead. I was just going to say, I mean, do you think the winner matters here? Is this a make the crowd happy, Eddie Kingston, Shibata win? See, and that's how I'm looking at this. Or do we get the Claudio Yuta victory, which is going to kind of foreshadow things to come, and Eddie's going to have to continue this climb to eventually get his world title moment. So part of me thinks Claudio and Yuta is going to win. And the flip side being, and I don't think you want to pull the trigger on this now 
especially if you're going to wait until final battle, but do you have Eddie pin or submit Claudio and then Claudio ducks him until final battle where Eddie's like, I beat you it all out. You know, give me that world title shot. That, that gives him his claim to it. Which is another way to go as well. I don't, yeah, and that's just the thing. Like, I don't even know who, like, Wheeler Yuta is almost the fall guy, I think, in this scenario. Yeah, I, I, can't, see, I can't see Claudio getting pinned. He's been he's been fairly well protected, I believe. Yes. Yep. Although he did, well, he was the guy who lost it the, in the stadium stampede match. But that was it, weird. An awkward took, pin. Took a kickboxer, tongue po glass-taped, Orange Cassidy Superman punch to knock him out, though. <laughs> so... I will, I'll be contrarian. I will go Claudio Castagnoli and Wheeler Yuta to win this. I'll follow suit. Okay. Little heel action. Now to the other match that was announced last night. This one was on AEW television. And this is a match I would have loved to have seen in the pre-show, to be honest with you. Samoa Joe versus Shane Taylor. Because I, I do know Shane Taylor is a very talented individual. I've gotten the I've had the very fortunate opportunity to interview him on my old Unplugged Pro Wrestling podcast. You can still check that out in the archives. So, upstanding human. I'm very happy he's getting an opportunity to be on an AEW pay-per-view. I just wish that he actually be in AEW as opposed to Ring of Honor Light. Yeah, I, I would like to have some exposure to him. Seen him on AEW Dynamite or Rampage or Collision or or something. I mean, I can't imagine they just bring him in cold to the AEW audience for ha- to have him take the title away from Samoa Joe here. That's something you want to build up. And and I, I even with the injury, I'm still assuming it, it's uh, Briscoe's coming back at some point to get that television title i can't argue with you on that i would agree there too so one thing they've done on ring of honor tv this is exactly why that again neither one of us have seen this but shane taylor won a television title eliminator tournament tony khan in his tournaments so he earned the right to get a title shot against samoa joe at some point in time and here it is in chicago illinois in the united center just due to unfortunate circumstances with the rest of the roster. Once again, one of those situations where maybe Tony should have caught an audible and put a bigger name up against Samoa Joe. I'm, I'm not arguing with you here. And I, this is the first time I've seen Samoa Joe in a long time. I think so. Cause I don't think I've seen him. I don't think I've seen him wrestle recently. Have I seen him in the WWF or WWE? No. This might be my first exposure ever to seeing Samoa Joe wrestle. Summit, uh, double or nothing, 22. Oh. Legend in the legend in the squared circle pulled off a, again, tremendous match against Punk. So sticking oh, with Samoa Joe here. Match. Joe's going to retain. Yes. Zero questions there. Let's get to another established match on this card from earlier. The only women's match on the card, and I'm calling it right now. It'll be thrown in the death spot, much like it always is. Chris Statlander will defend her TBS championship against Ruby Soho. There is a small story going into this. Uh, Statlander 
carried Ruby Soho on her shoulders and walked her to the back as the outcasts were interfering in a match on collision. Your thoughts on this match? Don't have any. Don't care. I'm kind of with you on this one. It's just been Chris Statlander's run as TBS champion. Started hot. I believe she defended the championship six times in a span of seven weeks. And then since then, she's been on a mild, on a mild milk carton, just taking a backseat to things. But I'm going to have Statlander retain here. Yeah, it, it's too early to take it off of Statlander after she was the one that, you know, uh, finally defeated Jade. And unfortunately, you know, Ruby has just kind of been around to lose these pay-per-view title matches. That's a problem. Absolutely. You have Ruby losing the title matches and Taya Valkyrie losing the matches on TV. Actually, she lost one on pay-per-view as well. I'll try and call my shot here. I'm going to say Jade Cargill reemerges at the end of the match. Okay. Well, you know, that's interesting that you say that because that is a way for them to save this pay-per-view is having two or three big you know, surprise returns or just, you know, it'd be kind of edgy just to bring somebody new in. I'm Hmm. just, I'm just saying because, you know, the pay-per-view we all clamor about all out 21 good show, but it was made because of Ruby Soho showing up, Adam Cole showing up and Daniel Bryanson or, Brian Danielson showing up. So I I would not be shocked to see some surprise people show up. I I am definitely with you on that one. So I'm going to, yeah, we'll we'll call Jade Cargill here. Statlander's going to retain, and we both agree there. We only have a couple more matches left, which is good. Here is the odd, this is so odd to me, the eight-man tag. Bullet Club Gold going against FTR and the Young Bucks. (sighs) Is there a reason why FTR is not defending the championships here on this show? Uh, Well, yes, because the tag division fucking sucks right now. And they probably don't really have anybody else to throw in there. But to have, I mean, kind of like with MJF and Cole, it's too soon to run back the rematch. Yes. With the Bucks, especially since. You know, all in was chapter three, which is usually the end. But to have them in a fucking once again, they're in some random eight man, not random because there's a little bit of history going on between these teams, but it just feels inconsequential. Like whoever wins, does it really matter? No, I would say no. I mean, I'm going to pick Bullet Club just because they need it a little bit more. And you assume that there's going to be more story with Bucks and FTR and what better way to do that than to have some dissension and some random fucking eight man tag match at a pay-per-view. Yay. Has AEW done this before with these guys? Oh yes, they have because FTR and the young bucks have teamed together two times in four on four matches and have lost both of them. Oh, Wow, I did not know that. All right. Fighter Fest 2020, I looked this up, which I claim that this pay-per-view was like a two-night Fighter Fest. 
And then they lost another match a year later. So this was leading into, or no, it was two years later. So it was last year, about a month before we led to that FTR Young Bucks match on Dynamite. Okay. All right. So you're you're you have the you definitely have the nail here right on the head. You're you're thinking clearly in this one because I'm going Bullet Club Gold as well. Doesn't make any sense for Jay Rob Jay White and Juice Robinson to have a title shot. They've already lost. Yeah, the Guns agree. lost to the Young Bucks. I they haven't had the rematch with FTR, but at the same time they've taken a step backwards. And this is once again, if you're in this kind of predicament. Call the audible, put Jay White in a singles match against somebody. We've got some other names that I'm sure we're going to get to that could do something. But to just have him in this eight-man tag team match feels like a waste. I have a name that he could definitely face in a one-on-one match right now. And I will wait, I think, until we get to the last thing. We only have two more matches left, and these are probably the two most anticipated so far that have been announced. Granted that Kenny Omega and the Kanosuke Takeshita feud has definitely cooled off over the last couple of months. Takeshita, if they had kept the, the constant heat here, this would be, I mean, there'd be a lot more anticipation for this. Yeah. I think from an in-ring perspective, as as I'm scrolling the entire card, I think this is going to be the match of the night because it's Kenny Omega. I disagree. Justin saying no. I'm not convinced of their chemistry yet. And honestly, I'm not convinced of Takeshita on a big stage yet. That part's fair. That's definitely fair. He has looked fantastic on matches on, of course, Dynamite and Rampage. But you're mm-hmm. right, not in the giant scenario. He looked okay at All In, but he wasn't the most memorable. He really wasn't the most memorable part of that match for me. I think it was more, I'm going to mention later, Hangman Page, mm-hmm. Kenny Omega, and Jay White. Yep, agree. Those are the veterans in this case. So with Takeshita getting the upper hand, pinning Omega at all in, this scenario looks extremely obvious that Kenny's going to go over here in Chicago. Yeah, I mean, this is supposed to be some big angle, and it feels like an an Omega win just kind of squashes it, and there's nowhere to go from there, which I'm kind of okay with. I know a lot of other people are more into it than I am. Uh but I agree with you. All, all signs point to Omega. Don Callis with his inclusion into this as well. That's something that we're going to be looking at here very, very soon. All right. John Moxley, Orange Cassidy. These two have been the stalwarts of AEW from September. From Yeah, we'll go September of last year to now. So we're looking at a full calendar year where these two, in-ring-wise, as well as backstage stuff, have been asked to carry the ball, and both of them have done a phenomenal job. Tony Khan even said himself that he's been waiting to book this match since January of 2020. Hmm. Well, they gave us, at Double or Nothing, the Four Pillars Championship match. And I think an argument could be made that these two are the actual pillars of AEW, certainly in the past year and a half. Yeah. Winner. This is where it gets dicey. Yeah. Um, as I mentioned earlier, 
the one thing I wanted to watch from Dynamite after hearing about it was the Orange Cassidy promo. Because one, dude doesn't ever talk. So it must have been important. And like I said, he's always felt like a pillar to me. So I assumed he was kind of going to speak for AEW after everything that happened at backstage at All In. And he did not disappoint. There were two things that just made my heart grow three sizes larger listening to it. And that was, number one, every time I have a title defense, the backpack gets heavier. He, he's making the title mean something. And that was his, that wasn't his only line about the title. That's that that was his driving point. Was this is the title that matters to him, and it should matter to everybody because he's he's out here defending it every week. And we've I shouldn't say we, I have a few times booked him to lose it. You know, in in the past year, and that would have been a mistake. And I think it'd be a mistake to book him to lose it now. And the way he capped off that promo, because I'm freshly squeezed, Orange Cassidy, and I do not have a catchphrase. Mic drop. Fucking chef's kiss. I loved it. I popped. It was fucking beautiful. I, it honestly, it made me like, all right, that's your fucking main event. You're not only putting over Orange Cassidy as a big deal. He's in the ring against, you know, possibly the biggest deal in all of AEW. I include Punk and Omega in that. He's just the most consistent performer. So why not have Orange Cassidy with this new international title go over John Moxley to cement the title and more importantly, to cement Orange Cassidy? And I think, and we're going to talk about this, even if Punk has a match, I think this is your main event. There's only one other time where I thought I wanted Orange to lose this, and that was to swerve Strickland on a dynamite. Yes, agree. Me too. Same. That's it. Every other scenario is just like he's just sneaking win after win out just by the skin of his teeth. You nailed the the backpack line. And going further in the promo, he just says, I'm here. I'm wrestling. I'm defending the Mm -hmm. international championship because this means everything to me. This is what AEW is. Hell Which yeah. it really is. Yeah. Orange has been tremendous. The biggest win of his entire career was against Chris Jericho at All Out in 2020. Two out oh. of three. Yep. He took two out of three from Jericho, winning the feud. And this was when Jericho, at the time, obviously had just lost the title uh, six months prior. Mm-hmm. So he was he still had some steam. This was huge. And ever since then, they've portrayed Orange as a big deal. Now, if Orange were to lose here, there's only one other place for him to go if he doesn't to try to chase this title again. You elevate him to the title picture. He's earned that. Yeah, agree. Agree. Character work, everything. I just think it would hurt him to lose here. It, It just does so much more for him to get a win on Moxley. It would shock me. It would shock me. I, I think my, my mouth would probably drop open. I would probably stand up and clap. I This is... Oh, but this is a true 50-50 scenario. 
because we've been waiting for this and they've been playing up like the backpack getting heavier 33 title defenses mm-hmm. his hand is continuously taped because he's just beat up he looks worn each and every time he comes to the ring that's the story in this mox is always bloodthirsty pun is definitely intended there i mean the guy busts open the second he opened he gets into the ring so <laughs> orange bled i believe at all in so Big can time. this can this yeah will, will this match go to that to that avenue here and you got to assume so it's a moxley match the most enjoyable mox match i've seen in the last three months was a match where he didn't bleed again that was against ray phoenix last week on dynamite it was just absolutely fantastic yeah he definitely doesn't need to bleed to have a classic and it certainly wouldn't shock me i don't think the feud coming into the match really warrants blood um so i would like to see it continue have have orange get the win uh just build it up a little more like i i don't hate the thought of moxley holding this title i just hate of hate the thought of him doing it here at this show I think with John Moxley, we've mentioned international, and he's always had a, a pension for traveling to Japan. He may defend it over there, truly make it international. Maybe he holds mm-hmm. on to it for a while, defends it at Wrestle Kingdom. Maybe a Japanese superstar takes it from him and defends it here in the States. I mean, that remains to be seen, but... See, I was, I'm steadfast on thinking John Moxley and you're you're making some great points to keep it on orange just because if he gets this win, he is cemented. He is a main event player. Exactly. Exactly. And the, the promo warrants him to take that last giant step. And the question is then when does he lose it and who does he lose it to? Do they have a rematch down the line? That's where Moxley gets it. I just, I, and that's to me, that's just such less of a worry if he can just get past this mountain peak, you know, just climb this one, get over it. You're a made man, and then you can kind of do whatever you want. I agree. I am, I'm going to stick with John Moxley, but I'm, no, oh, I'm nowhere, no. I'm nowhere near as confident no. as I was going into this because the, the points you have made are excellent here, Justin. So you're sticking with Orange to retain? Yes, absolutely. Hey, I mean, <laughs> a staple win crowd is super happy, maybe in a small state of shock here. Here we go. All right, for those in the video feed, Justin is getting up. Walking over to his stable here. So I, I just... For anybody listening and not watching, I just had to go and remove something from behind my bookcase. And my son's birthday is in a couple months, and he wants one thing. An oh, orange, baby. An Orange Cassidy action figure. So that I, I just happened to come across it the other day at Target, and I think it was Destiny. So Orange Cassidy all the way. And also... Lots of hangman figures hanging on those racks. (laughs) Neither here nor there. I'm just saying. Oh, the peg for hangman Adam Page. (laughs) Which is going to segue brilliantly into this before I ask this last question. Is he going to go as Orange Cassidy for Halloween? 
I don't think so. Uh, he's super into army dudes and dinosaurs right now. Uh, he just likes playing with the action figures. So, okay. Maybe one year, one more year, I'll be able to get him to go as orange. I, I think you can. I That's why I need him to be a can. main eventer. He's going to be a main eventer after this next year. I think one way or another after this match, he's a main eventer. Agree. Yeah. But yeah, that win would be sweet. All right. Ricky Starks will be on collision, and he's apparently going to be challenging Ricky the Dragon Steamboat to a strap match. Now, I remember you on an episode with us a couple weeks ago saying, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat had me, he popped me, and mm-hmm. I would not mind, he, he could probably wrestle today. Yeah. We have this, but then there's Tony Khan, who was asked two different times today about CM Punk and the suspension, and where Khan did not say he was suspended he just said that there's still some investigations to be played out in this scenario where do we go with this ricky starks match here well and real quick i think the most important question that was asked of him i believe by uh thurston yes was before sunday will the fans know yay or nay whether punk will be on the show and Tony Khan said that's the goal and boy I I just feel like if he's suspended and you know he's not going to be there you you either play dumb or just say no you don't give the fans that kind of false hope and so I I I honestly I think we're going to be seeing Punk on collision saving Ricky Steamboat to face Ricky Starks at All Out. I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I'm probably a fool for thinking that. And I probably just want to see that. Um, as cool as it would be to see Ricky Starks versus Ricky Steamboat, I just don't. I, I mean, it was awesome seeing Steamboat sell a beating. I don't know if I want to see like a, an entire like 10 to 15 minute strap match with you know, kind of over the hill, Ricky Steamboat. Absolute legend, absolute legend. But, you know, his prime is long gone. It is. This would be funny. Punk is not going to be, he's not getting let go from AEW. That, no. I think we, we've established that. I think what would be hilarious here is if Hangman Page made the save. And you know what? I fucking wouldn't hate that either because that's the other guy. It's like, why isn't Hangman on this card? Yep. So that, yeah, go ahead. They, they, I mean, they just they have two solid options, which I think is more enticing than Ricky Steamboat. You could still include him somehow in the matches. Once again, maybe an, an enforcer that helps the babyface win. But. Yeah, I mean, my first thought when you were talking, when I keep fucking talking about audibles, was like, just do MJF and Hangman for your world title match. Just put it out there, you know? So maybe maybe they're keeping it in the back pocket for this one. I would have liked to see Jay White Hangman page myself. Uh, oh, yes, yes. Because there's story oh. there. right? Yeah. Direct story right now. 
MJF Hangman is a long-term, that's something that you can go back to the original Double or Nothing when those two had a feud for a while, but they never, they had the Dynamite Battle Royal where the Dynamite Diamond Ring Battle Royal, they were the last two, MJF won that, so he got his revenge there, but they haven't been in a feud since. That's going to be a world title if, if MJF remains a heel. Hangman will be the one trying to chase him for it. But yeah, Hangman, and that's another thing that sent my blood boiling last night as well when they announced Hangman was wrestling on Rampage. That that was my I'm going to throw my phone across the room moment last <laughs> night. And I, I didn't say anything about it, but I was just like, where is this guy on the pay-per-view? Yeah, you got to think he's going to show up somewhere. So Ricky Starks is facing whom? on Sunday night in a strap match. We're thinking it's going to be a strap match. So here's the other part of it is that I don't think we knew, knew this until this week. Punk had prior engagements planned for Wednesday, even before the scuffle with Jack Perry, he had to go to the, uh, was it the cauliflower club in Las Vegas? Yes. Yes. So he wasn't going to be a dynamite regardless. And for Tony not to out and out say, you know, I don't, I don't know or know, or it's an investigation for him to say that the fans should know before all out, whether or not he's going to be there. And most importantly to the story that they're telling, you know, going back to the match between Ricky Starks and CM Punk, when Steamboat got involved and, you know, Ricky attacked him afterwards, Punk came back for the save. Ah, just let the quote-unquote investigation take a few more days. Suspend him after Sunday. Let, let Give us, you know, let the story of this all out being Orange Cassidy made fucking man. Ricky Starks made fucking man beats CM Punk in a strap match at all out in his home fucking town. That that's your fucking penance for not being the adult in the room. When you have some fucking mid Carter calling you out, you know, to, to only the, the mark, the smart marks who, who are on the internet all the time, who nobody else knew a thing. What was going on when he said, Real glass, Crimea River. Ricky Starks, Orange Cassidy. That may be who we're talking about at the end of All Out. I am also going Ricky Starks to win a strap match. Is It is going to happen. Whoever he faces, he needs it. But now my creative wheels are spinning to a point where if Ricky Starks is your real world champion, I'll have him defeat CM Punk. I th- I'll go 60-40, Punk is back. He loses in Chicago. Ricky Starks is the real world champion. MJF is still going to be your AW world champion. We can tie that bow together within the next three to six months. Uh, could I throw out, keep MJF a baby face, keep building that story. You could have him feud with, you know, have the Adam Cole turn where he decides to join the kingdom maybe have their blow off match at full gear and you keep building Ricky Starks as this big time heel with the quote unquote real world's championship. 
in one year from the date, winter is coming. The rematch for the who is the real world's championship? MJF or Ricky Starks? That's how I draw it up too. Yeah. Yes. We we're we're on point with that. I pay, especially if you're going this route, especially with Khan saying this was going to be, or he didn't full out say this was going to be his main event for all out all along Ricky Stark, CM Punk for the real world title in a strap match. But I mean, if he's has that much faith in Ricky Starks to main event a pay-per-view coming off of a 28 day in ring suspension, where he had a manager's license with big bill. Hey, pretty impressive stuff. <laughs> That's a lot of faith. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, we're, we're going Ricky Starks on Sunday night. That has been your AEW All Pout 2023 preview for the evening. So there is also WWE Payback going along this weekend on Saturday. We're not going to talk about that this evening. There is a Gunther Chad Gable 3 on Monday Night Raw coming up here. Let's cross our fingers. Gunther retains. So the record is broken by the time our... Our show hits the airwaves next Thursday night. If our show does hit the airwaves next Thursday night, there's the potential that we do a show in Chicago on Monday morning. So be kind of weary of that, that we'll, we'll see how we're feeling about the show altogether and just how our livers and heads are feeling. <laughs> It's it, It's been a very stressful week for all three of your hosts here at Top Rope Nation for different reasons. I can definitely tell you that. So, yeah, look, looking forward to just some, you know, downtime, relaxing with friends and just watching professional professional wrestling. It's going to be a good time. The, the build has been shit. The card looks like shit right now. I still have that little bit of faith that they're going to give us a good show. They are. They definitely are. We're, we're probably going to come on this show and say we give the show a B. And the only reason B minus the only reason we're giving it a B is because the, the build was terrible and the, and there just wasn't that home run match that we're going to go. That's a match of the year contender. And we'll see how the crowd, what the, what the crowd does at the United center. This is your and my first time at the United center in Chicago, Illinois, the largest arena venue in the United States. Mm Mm-hmm. Just one more reason I was super pissed off that it wasn't a better built card. So this is the second pay-per-view at the United Center with Forbidden Door being the first? Pay-per-views, yes. Yes. Because they had the... Oh, Rampage. The first Rampage is at the United Center. CM Punk's return. Pay-per-views, though. Yep. No, I was just thinking of all the cards. There's probably about four. Gotcha, gotcha. And fear not, listeners, as you will definitely hear from us within the next seven days where we will definitely go over our experiences all out. Ryan Drossi will be in the host chair once again with the two of us, and we're going to go over AEW All Out, whether that's Monday or that is Thursday evening next week. We'll probably touch on payback, maybe. See, and that's the other thing. If Gunther and Gable had been on payback, we probably... 
Ryan would have brought the Roku. We would have watched it in the hotel room on that Saturday night. That would have been tradition because we watched Gunther and Sheamus at Clash at the Castle last year and <laughs> in the hotel room with the Roku. It was something that we just had to do, and we were definitely impressed with the outcome of that too. So, Any other closing thoughts, Justin? No, I, not really. Just try not to take professional wrestling too seriously, everybody. Re- relax. Chill the discourse. I'm including myself in that, too. I need to fucking chill out. Allow us to get heated in the moment for a few seconds and then look around at the rest of the world and say, this is just a very small, tiny blip on the radar, and we just need to, R-E-L-A-X, relax. It's a good problem. Yes. All the wonders of sports entertainment and pro wrestling. All right, folks. So again, patreon.com slash top rope nation is where you can find us as well. Please subscribe. There's a free seven day trial each and every, if you are a brand spanking new person, if you just want to check us out, SummerSlam 1998 will be dropping within the next 24 hours. That gives you good reason to join there. There's hundreds of bonus shows. There's 45 top rope nation classics. The September poll will be going up. I It could be going up tomorrow on the 1st. We shall see. Or it'll be going up probably Monday or Tuesday after we come back from AEW All Out. I will be dropping an Unplugged next week with Rick Skelton. Is it official? It is official. Yes. Rick Skelton will be joining me. We will be discussing ECW's nice. Heat Wave 1998. We'll probably get his thoughts on the AEW all-in, all-out discourse and how everything how everything has gone down over the course of the last seven days. Love it. And look for more content from us down the road. All right, Justin, we went longer than an hour. My goodness. We did, but that's okay, because I had fun talking to you, Jesse. <laughs> oh, the chemistry. It's it, it's there. <laughs> it's definitely there. It's, it's just that first like two minutes that we got to get past and then we're good to go. <laughs> uh, restream. I'm putting that one on you. <laughs> restream. That is definitely on you. And Ryan will 100% back me up on this. So, <laughs> All right, everyone. Enjoy your wrestling viewing this weekend. Whatever you choose to watch. Hopefully all of it, especially if you're not in Chicago. Just enjoy it all. And for Justin Joint, my name is Jesse Velasquez. That has been episode 308 of Top Rope Nation. And we'll see you on the flip side. Insert catchphrase. <laughs>